Well, good morning and hello, everyone. Um, so today I'm going to be um, going into a 1986 case um, about um, a young man named Keith Warren. So um, there was just a documentary um, that I watched called Uprooted. It is on uh, Discovery Plus right now. Um, But I do remember watching this on Unsolved Mysteries. And this case always really just just didn't sit right with me. There was always, I mean, something that just, something smelled funny. Something was just not right. Um, So let's just uh, go into it. So on uh, July 31st, 1986... um, 19-year-old Keith Warren uh, was found, um, was basically found dead in the woods. Um, Paramedics had found Keith's body in a wooded area behind a family's townhome or townhouse. Now, the townhouse and the, basically the approximate distance from where Keith's body was found in the townhouse, not that far. Um, so that always struck me that nobody either heard anything or saw anything or what. Um, he was found hanging by the neck from a small tree that was bent, um, double by his weight. So basically he was found in a position where he's almost sitting down and you're expected to believe that this, this 19 year old hung himself from this tree. Now, Think about that. That just doesn't make sense. Um, when usually someone hangs themselves, they are found basically hanging. Um, he is almost found in a seated position, which I, I, I think is very disturbing and very weird. Um, so the body uh, was found. And then, despite having his ID on him, the family was never notified until seven hours later. Now, what is going on with that? But we'll get into that later. Um, so, the elaborate arrangement of the, the rope uh, would actually become a very source of debate. The cord was actually anchored around the base of a large tree um, and extended about 25 feet to a small uh, spalling, and then it circled the trunk and then arched up through a fork. That's typically not the way a lot of people decide to hang themselves. They don't go through that much effort. Uh, they want it quick and easy and just fast. You're not, they're not going to sit there and, you know, make a rope and then put it through loops and put it through another tree and do this and do that. That just, that doesn't sound right. Um, so it encircled the, the trunk and then arched up through a fork. However, the, th- the authorities saw nothing suspicious. Now keep in mind, this is in Baltimore, Maryland in the 1980s. Now everybody is probably knows that that was a, a very, uh, majority, you know, black community. Um, but there was a lot of racism going on. And, I mean, I don't care if it's, you know, 2022, 1986, 1946. Um, There was a lot of racism. And you would know that if you pay attention because we're going to get into how this death 
um, is connected in a strange way to George Floyd's death because there's somebody that got involved in this case later on in the case um, that was involved in, in, in George Floyd. So anyway, so after, you know, a brief visual and inspection, the county's medical, medical deputy medical examiner determined that Keith Warren had committed suicide. So this is what I found very strange, too. No autopsy was ordered and the body was dispatched to a funeral home and immediately was embalmed. Um, it was already dark when Keith's mother, Mary, was informed of her son's death. Now, really, that is unheard of. You do not embalm a body that fast. You have to notify the family. You have to. I worked in a funeral home. Before we did anything, you have to notify the family. So that always always really bugged me and it still does. So Mary had said, I didn't realize at the time that Keith's body was not in the morgue. There had been no investigation and his body had been discovered maybe five or six hours earlier. I didn't know at the time that the officer had chosen a funeral home. Now what officer is going to get that involved? Who gives him the right to choose a funeral home for this, this young man? And not even notify the family, at least. Not even notify his mother. That is unheard of. That is crazy. There's something else going on. Um, the officer that initially, because there was two officers on the scene, one of the, the officer that decided to, to choose the funeral home and, and give the okay to, to do the embalming, um, he was not this officer that I'm going to talk about. Um, the, uh, one of the other officer, he... Already, as soon as he, he got on the scene, he realized it wasn't a suicide. And then it was possibly a lynching or something made to look like it was um, made possibly. I mean, I'm going to give my theory, um, but this is just what this police officer had thought. Um, because, I mean, really? That's that's just that's crazy. Um, initially, Keith's mother accepted the finding, but over time, she started to find discrepancies. Um, her doubts had begun after she heard from a friend of Keith's, uh, Rodney Kendall. Uh, Rodney reported that uh, a parade of suspicious characters had been looking for Keith shortly before his death. Now, this is a quote. Um, it was mainly black males that were in the car, and Keith did not associate much with black males. Now, keep in mind, I held this in for a little bit. Keith is also African-American. Um, but because he was in a predominantly white uh, neighborhood, he, you know, he played sports, he was friendly, and just most of his friends were white. And not that he didn't want to associate with other African-Americans, it's just he didn't never... That was never a scene. He was always kind of just one of one of the guys. Um, so most of their sons were white males. So I thought that was pretty strange. After I told them I hadn't seen Keith, they left. So what was going on? Um, several days later, Rodney and another had another uh, odd encounter uh, with a, a high school acquaintance of Keith um, named Mark Finley. Uh, this is a quote from Rodney. He had seemed pretty urgent. I thought it was strange because he acted like he needed to find Keith very quickly. Um, very quickly. And I told him I didn't know where Keith was and he left. So that was the night 
that supposedly Keith went missing. Uh, weeks after Keith's death, um, Mary asked Rodney to show her the tree where her son had been found. But when they arrived at the site, there was only a stump. And Mary had panicked and called the police. And this is a quote from Mary. Uh, and they were very rude and told me, well, what do you want us to do? Yeah, we cut it down. What do you want us to do about it? Now, that itself raises some questions. Why were they so eager to cut this particular tree down? What was going on? Why, why cut the tree down? It, unless something was wrong. But the police had said they needed to cut the tree down for evidence. Um, but this is strange because since they had already closed the case and ruled his death a suicide, what do they need evidence for? Um, so Keith had, or Keith's mom had eventually had to, um, start a letter writing campaign targeting, you know, the state and federal officers. Um, but for six years, Mary had hit a stone wall everywhere she turned. Um, it, it was just strange. I mean, why, why take this or say that you took this tree stump and cut it down as evidence when you had already closed the case and said it was a suicide? Um, so then on April 9th, uh, 1992, um, that was, would have been Keith's 25th birthday. Um, Mary found a plain manila envelope at her doorstep. Now the contents in this envelope, um, very strange. It, it swept her back to when her son had died. There were five pictures inside this envelope and each had showed a different view of Keith hanging by the neck. Mary, unfortunately, I can't even imagine forced herself to look at these and in the process found d very, very uh, strange disparities. His clothing didn't fit him. He was wearing somebody else's clothing. But the real kind of aha moment for her was that he was wearing white sneakers. Now, in this, um, the pictures that, or the stuff that they had received them from the police was completely different from what Mary is seeing in these pictures. So the police had returned Keith's clothing and said he was wearing boots and, you know, a plain shirt and blah, blah, blah. And then she sees these pictures and that's not what he's wearing in these pictures. So where, what, how did he get those clothes? Um, for Mary, you know, it was just seeing her son in those photographs, but the clothes that he was wearing, um, I mean, it's just, it's very strange what had happened out there. Now, Mary had begun to fear that the police were working against her, so she ended up hiring her own private investigator. Um, another quote from Mary, uh, the police department conceded that there were copies of original police photos, but they had no idea where they came from whatsoever. So whoever sent these photos, I don't know if they worked with the police, if they were there before the police even came. Um, so when the private investigator that she hired, Joe, uh, I'm sorry if I pronounced his name wrong, Al Sierra, um, examined the photos, he noticed leaves on the back of Keith's shirt. Now, this suggested to him that Keith had been lying on the ground and was hoisted into the hanging position. Now, think about that. Why would he have the leaves on his back if he just got up in the tree and decided to hang himself? That seems very plausible. Um, so this is a quote from him. He said, the perpetrators, or he said, the 
Proprietors noticed that the tree was small and wouldn't hold the body. Therefore, there needed some security by tying it around the big tree. Finally, Keith's family had uh, his body exhumed for an autopsy because... There was no autopsy given to him. Remember, he was automatically just embalmed right away. Um, so the results of that autopsy were kind of disturbing. Um, tests on Keith's body had showed there were levels of several powerful chemicals that are loosely found in glue and solvents. Um, Maryland's chief medical examiner, examiner reviewed the report and claimed the toxic uh, chemicals were part of the embalming process process now that can be true but not that much i mean like i said i worked at a funeral home and yes there are times where where stuff like that does happen um but no that it's it's no i i still this is a quote from the medical examiner so, the substances found in Keith Warren's body could not be introduced by the embalming fluid because the embalmer, in his report, never mentioned using any of those substances. I'm sorry, that wasn't a... Re um, it was a doctor um, of... So, it was a doctor after they examined. Um, well, I mean, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm getting confused here. So, because there's just so many layers. So, there was never an autopsy reported. But when he was uh, embalmed, the funeral director um, said that this was this is what he used in because there are different things that you can use to embalm. So this is coming from the medical examiner's examiner in his report um, using any of those substances. Secondly, the distribution of the key substance, it's trilorethane, is more consistent with inhalation. And third. Two additional substances were found, which are totally unrelated to any embalming solution. But, so if, if those were not embalming fluid, where, where did those chemicals come from? Um, now, this was a theory that the, um, the private investigator had come up with. He said it could have been, he, he could have been at a party with some drugs involved and he accidentally killed himself and whoever was with was afraid. And then they decided to take and hang him and make it look like a suicide. Or it could have been he was attacked from behind and that particular chemical that is so potent that one chemist said he would have been dead before he hit the ground. Um, so if Keith didn't hang himself, then what happened? Um, so there's just so many, so many layers. And if you watch the, the um, documentary, um, his sister actually starts to get involved um, because unfortunately his mother did pass away and she died and this is so sad that she died never knowing and still fighting for justice for her son because there are so many inconsistencies it just doesn't make sense but this is where we're going to get back to the twist so when they the case had been open and closed open and closed for for years um and then um finally they got it reopened and um they had the medical examiner uh, kind of review uh, what what would you know they they had exhumed the basically uh, the body and uh, they reopened the case and reexamined it and guess who the medical examiner was none other than David Fowler who if y'all are 
you know, up to date was the medical examiner in the George Floyd case. Now, what does that tell you? That, that's got to tell you something. Because, wow, like, really? So, we're going to go back to something kind of interesting before uh, or after, you know, they had, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, basically, you know, that was kind of what the medical examiner and the, the theory of the private investigator about the drugs. So, in a final kind of disturbing twist, this is when Mary is still alive, the one person who might have answered the questions turned up dead. Now, remember, Mark Finley was one of the ones who came looking for Keith, you know, a few days before he died. Six years later, when Mary received the photos, a note was attached to those one of the photos that said, don't worry, Mark Finley will be next. Two months later, or two months after Mark had learned that he had been singled out, he contacted Mary. Now, this is a quote. Uh, Mark called my residence, left a message on my answering, answering machine to the effect of something that said, Miss Warren, this is Mark Finley. I got your message and I will be by to see you. I do remember the specific words where I need to unload. One month later, Mark is found dead. Now, according to the police, he had died accidentally when he was struck, when he st struck a curb and was thrown from his bike. Um, really, but when you go back and look at everything where he had supposedly hit the curb, there's no way he would have died from that unless somebody was behind and hit him. Because the way his injuries were, were just too, they were too severe to just be, oh my God, I hit a curb and, and was thrown from the bike. Like really, there is something just very, very wrong with this case. And the fact that the family keeps going out for help, trying to get answers and still getting stonewalled by the police and not only the police, but the county and the state it's ridiculous. Like, it is ridiculous. We need to know what happened. Because, really, like, this is just, it's, un, it's you know, Justice for Keith. There is a, a website called Justice for Keith Warren. Um, if you are interested in finding out more facts about this case and, and you know, getting involved, go, go to that website. It is run by the family. Um it's, it's just, there's so many rabbit holes to go to in this case. And there's so many things that are wrong and people just flat out lying or just making stuff up. And there's just too many things that just don't make sense. Like, why were there leaves on his back? Why wasn't he hanging from the tree, but kind of almost in a sitting position? Why wasn't he in different clothing? What happened to the, that clothing? What is going on? Why was he and Baum so fast after discovering the police discovered his body? Why wasn't the family even notified until several hours later after he had been embalmed? And why, why was there those chemicals found in his system? And who left those photos for his mother? That is a question that needs to be asked. And I hope that one day his sister will get those answers because this family has been just railroaded by the government, the state, the federal. They need answers. It is not fair. Something like this should not go unnoticed. So 
if you're interested, go check it out. And uh, I hope to see you guys again. I hope you guys have a great week. And uh, until next time, justice for Keith.